Good morning, Mark. All right. Well, we had so much of a fun time, and we learned so much last time. Thank you very much. It's a privilege to be able to sit and talk with you. So today's topic is important. We hear a lot of it in the news, but when it gets right down to it, what's afforded by the United States Constitution, you're the person to go to talk to about the Second Amendment and about gun rights. That's what we're going to talk about today. So as a child, uh, it was always my, uh, my dream to meet Andre the Giant, one of my <laughs> favorite wrestlers. And uh, I never get to meet him, but I'll tell you, uh, this guy that I'm uh, co-hosting this show with is just as big and uh, <laughs> as large as Andre the Giant. This voice that he has is uh, uh, connected to uh, about a 25-foot man here. So uh, <laughs> if you ever want to see this guy in person, uh, this, is, uh, this is your closest to Andre the Giant you're going to get in uh, 2019. So uh, today uh, we're going to talk about the Second Amendment uh, firearm rights. big part of my practice is dealing with uh, individuals that have uh, gun-related legal issues. So the big one that we deal with are uh, restoring those rights. So there's a couple of common ways that an individual may lose their right to own or possess a firearm. The, the first way is, is to be convicted of a felony. So if, if you are convicted of a felony anywhere in the United States, the law is generally going to say your right to own a firearm is prohibited. Mm -hmm. So convicted felons are not allowed to own or possess a firearm. The second way that people lose their rights to uh, carry or to own uh, deals with mental health issues. And in Virginia, the, uh, the most common way to lose that right is an individual who uh, has been involuntarily committed to a mental hospital for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, uh, as society, we probably think of people in mental hospitals as just totally crazy and, and, and just drooling at the mouth and dangerous to society. But uh, the, the vast majority of the people that, that get committed to mental hospitals are usually people that uh, attempt to kill themselves, uh, oh, okay. suicide kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. So if you, you try to kill yourself, uh, overdose or something like that, uh, you're more than likely going to end up in a mental unit of that hospital for a period of time. <laughs> and if that happens, uh, you will lose your right to own or possess a firearm. And so, uh, you know, somebody who's very depressed one day uh, finds themselves being deprived of the right to own a firearm uh, in the future. And, you know, you don't even have to try to kill yourself. You may just tell somebody you're thinking about killing yourself, and then <laughs> the police come out and... and uh, bring you down there for evaluation, and that, that whole process can result in the loss of uh, firearm rights. The third way that you can lose your right to possess and carry is something called domestic assault. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting little part of the law. So if I go out and, um, and, and punch my wife in the face, uh, I'm going to get charged with domestic assault. Now, uh, that will result in me losing my rights to own or possess a firearm. Now, if I go out and I punch my neighbor's wife in the face, that is not domestic assault, and that doesn't deprive you the right to own or possess a firearm. So the law is kind of interesting in that subject where if you have a situation where you have uh, assault of contact with your, your domestic partner, your wife, your children, your parents that live in the same house with you, that kind of uh, situation can result in the deprivation of your rights to own or possess a firearm. So those are the big ones. Uh, the more minor ones, uh, you can be dishonorably discharged from the military. There's, there's other ones and other things that you can do, but those are the big ones. And so we're going to talk about uh, if you find yourself in one of those positions, 
how do you get your rights back? You know, they've been taken away. Is there a path back? And that's what the show is going to be about today. Excellent, excellent. This is what you can do. Text the line or text your question to 800-1000, 800-1000. This is Attorney Tim Anderson's Law Power Hour here on Power 1310, the best talk and timeless soul. Again, that number very easy to remember. Any questions whatsoever, feel free. 800-1000, 800-1000. So I think next week we are going to be having the technology to actually allow people to call in. Yeah. Um, but th uh, through today we're asking people to just text. Uh, this is our second show. We're working out some of the kinks and... Uh, we're, uh, we're hoping that by next week we'll have live call-in, but uh, for today we're asking you to uh, text your questions to that number. Uh, the phone is sitting right here with me, and so if you do have questions, we'll, uh, we'll be able to answer those for you right away. Uh, we'll even read them out on the air and talk about that as long as they are relevant to the topic that we are discussing. If you're going to ask me about child support issues or something like that, we may have to talk at another time. You can also call that number, 800-1000, to uh, set an appointment to actually speak to us. Uh, we have uh, live, uh, a live person will answer that, that call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Get your information, and that will be passed on to me right away. So, anyway, let's back, get back to what, we're, what we want to talk about. Uh, convicted felons. So there's two types of convicted felons uh, in, uh, well, I guess there probably are three types of convicted felons. Uh, the, the first one is, is somebody who's been convicted of a felony in a state court. So somebody who's been convicted in a Virginia court, uh, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, Portsmouth, you were convicted of uh, possession of cocaine in one of those courts. You were convicted of grand larceny in one of those courts. You were convicted of something like that in a state court. So those are state felonies. And then we have people that are convicted in federal court. So federal court is uh, in Norfolk or in Newport News in our area. And uh, to be convicted in federal court, the uh, federal government has to be charging you with a crime. So you would know if you were convicted in federal court because more than likely you have gone to prison uh, if you were convicted in, in any type of a federal proceeding. Uh, it would be in Norfolk. You would have been investigated by the FBI or the ATF or some alphabet federal agency uh, had investigated you and prosecuted you in federal court. So, uh, so those are the, the two primary types of felons. And then the third one is, is a juvenile. So juveniles can be convicted of felonies uh, in juvenile court. And juveniles, uh, this would just basically be any crime that an adult would commit, but you would find yourself uh, being under the age of 18, you would be convicted in a juvenile court. So those are our three felony type of folks that we're going to, to break down on how we can restore that. So the, the first and most common one is the adult felon convicted in a state court. That individual has a path to get their firearm rights back. And here's the first step. You have to get your voting rights restored first. Now, the governor does that. Uh, governor McCulley in uh, 2016 during the uh, presidential election decided he was going to restore every felon's right to vote. Um, uh, pretty much no matter what, you were convicted of a minor felony or you were convicted of an extremely serious felony, he restored every felon's right to vote. So about 280,000 people in Virginia got their voting rights restored in 2016. So if you were a convicted felon in Virginia and that conviction was prior to 2016, your rights more than likely have been restored by the previous governor. 
to find out whether your rights were restored, there's a website you go to called restore.virginia.gov. Now, you plug in your information into that, your name, your social security number, your date of birth, and it will tell you whether or not your rights were restored. If your rights are restored, it'll tell you all the information that you need to know that. Now, that means you can vote. That means you can serve on a jury. That means you can uh, do everything that you were able to do prior to your felony except own a firearm. So you need to make sure that that right has been restored. Now, if it hasn't, there's a procedure on that same website, restore.virginia.gov, where you can actually make application to the current governor who will more than likely restore your rights um, so long as you've done everything you're supposed to do with the criminal courts. So somebody who has a... Uh, uh, who has not been restored, you go on that website, you say, hey, I was convicted, here's my information, here's the court I was convicted in, I've paid all my fines, I'm not on probation, I've done everything I'm supposed to do, and then the governor, in most cases, will restore those rights. Now, a big common problem people think is, is that when they get those rights restored that they've been pardoned or their felony's been expunged. It's not the case. You're still, still a convicted felon. You just have those rights restored back to you so that you can do the things that... Uh, you could have done prior to your felony. So you got to do that. You don't need a lawyer for that. That's nothing that I do other than telling you how to do it. That's all between you and the governor to get that, get that right restored. So once you have your voting rights back, uh, then we have to file a petition with a state court to determine whether they're going to restore your firearm rights back. Now, that petition uh, gets filed, uh, and it's a petition. doesn't mean it's a guarantee. It's a petition. We have to ask a judge to restore those rights. And the judge is going to look at a lot of things during that hearing that will be conducted from that petition. He's going to look at what were you convicted for previously? Uh, what have you been doing with your life recently? Why do you need a firearm? But most importantly, he's going to say, is it reasonably safe to society to give you your firearm rights back? So, if you are a convicted felon, or maybe you had a cocaine charge from 20 years ago, or you were a, uh, you might have, you know, stole your neighbor's lawnmower 25 years ago, or something, something nonviolent. A judge is going to have a hard time saying that restoring your firearm rights would be dangerous to society, which is the, the most important element he has to he has to find if your background is a nonviolent felony but if you were involved in a, a robbery with a firearm or if you killed somebody with a gun or if you know you've had some type of crime of violence especially one involving a firearm uh, regardless of how old it is you may find that a judge uh, gives you a little bit of pushback on whether he thinks today you can have mm -hmm. a firearm mm -hmm. Now, you know, that's just common sense. I mean, you know, it, uh, unfortunately, some sins are not forgivable, and if you, uh, you know, if you shoot and kill somebody, you know, and you're, that was 30 years ago, a judge may still say, hey, it's just not, not safe for you. You've mm -hmm. already demonstrated uh, some, some problems here. If you, you know, if you go out and you rob a, 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 a bank with a, uh, a gun and uh, you know, it was, it was 40 years ago, the judge would probably still have heartburn with that. But if you had a situation where you, you know, you stole a car as a kid and, you know, 20 years have passed, 
you've lived your life good and you have a job and you're paying your taxes and your family is uh, is healthy and safe and you're doing everything right, a judge will probably find that, yeah, you did this really bad thing when you were young, but I can't find that giving you a gun back today would uh, would cause the public any harm. Mm-hmm. So we, get, we do this hearing and the judge is going to hear the evidence and we got to put this stuff on and, and the judge has to hear, hear it. And for the vast majority of people, the judge is going to say, why do you want a gun? Why do you need a gun? And for the majority of folks, that answer is, is for self-defense. Yes, yes. Now, there are some other people, especially in the country, that say, hey, I just want to hunt. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know my, my daddy taught me how to hunt, and I grew up hunting, and I want to take my kids hunting. And, and, and that could be the only reason they want to have a firearm. And, and, and they tell the judge that, and the judge uh, may say, okay, I'll give you your rights back, but all you can do with that gun is hunt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you wouldn't be able to carry around a pistol, but uh, you might be able to own some type of a long gun for the purposes of hunting. So, so that's how that general procedure works. So the, the recipe to get those gun rights back, pretty simple. The older the felony and the more nonviolent the felony, the better the chances of getting those rights back. So uh, if you have a felony that's 10 or 15 years old, if you have a felony that's 20 years old and it's nonviolent, there's an excellent chance, no guarantee, but there's an excellent chance your judge is going to restore those rights. The second, uh, you know, the, the more recent the felony or the more violent the felony, the, uh, the harder it is to get those rights back. And so you don't know until you try, but what we typically do at our firm is we don't accept cases for people that have violent felonies because in our experience, there's not very many judges that have the appetite to restore those rights. Gotcha. So, not that you can't apply, but it, it's very, very low probability a judge is going to do that. So, so that's what we're looking for, uh, you know, and, and the vast majority of people, you know, sometimes, you know, we get pushback. Oh, you're just trying to give felons their rights back, and that's a bad thing and all that. But, look, you can become a felon in Virginia for writing a bad check. So uh, yeah, if, you write right. a, if you write a check for more than $200 to Walmart and that check bounces and, you know, because maybe you got garnished and you didn't have the money, you thought you did, you'd have the money, and now you're a convicted felon because you wrote a bad check. Mm. Uh, you, can become a, you can become a felon for, uh, for, uh, for hunting duck at the wrong time. I mean, a game warden can knock you down, you know, charge you with a felony for shooting a migratory bird. So there's all kinds of things that can result in you becoming a convicted felon. That really doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you got on the wrong side of the law uh, uh, at at the time. And and we want, as a society, we want to get you back to a point of being able to uh, own and possess a firearm uh, for those types of people. Gotcha. My friend, you're